Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 upon checkout to save 15% off every single one of your purchases. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts and make your podcast debut here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. We're extremely excited to have her on. She's fantastic. She represents Alpine stars and uh, women who twist the throttle all over the globe. Ashley Young, how's it going? Hi, how's it going, Brad? That's quite the intro. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I work uh, I work tirelessly on those. Uh, I have to come up with some uh, a different one every week for my uh, my co-host Dave Drakes, and uh, sometimes they're better than others. But uh, yeah, I like that one. That came off good. No, that was nice. That was perfect. Perfect. Well, this is off to a flying start, and uh, I'm really excited to, to get to the bottom of uh, of all your work with Alpine Stars. But before we do that, we got to lay the foundation. we got to all good houses start on a foundation, so let's get there uh, and, and basically sort of talk about yourself a little bit, uh, your exposure to the sport of motocross as well as uh, as mountain biking, which I, I, I fully believe that I have a hard time uh, uh, staying uh, close to your rear wheel on both a motocross bike and uh, a mountain bike. So uh, maybe let's get some details on uh, on. Actually, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my, I have a brother and sister, um, and one day my dad came home with a little uh, PW in the back of the truck, and that's kind of where it all started. So uh, my dad took my brother's sister and I, would take us to the track, would take us to Lake Elsmore quite a bit. We'd start spinning laps there. Nice. Um, and then... Yeah, and it was, uh, it was a good time. We kind of would just all share the bike, kind of switch off, and uh, that's kind of where it all started. And then from there, um, kind of got lost a little bit of interest. You know, other sports kind of took over. School got in the way of all the fun, things like that. Um, but probably, I don't know, maybe four or five years after that, um, my sister actually was like, you know what, like, I want to get back into this. I want to do this for real. So um, she caught the bug again and uh, kind of inspired all of us to get back out there and start training and all that fun stuff. Um, and at the time, the women's motocross scene was actually doing really well. Uh, Mickey Keller, who kind of got everything up and running with the WMA, she um, was doing a fantastic job of, of getting all the women exposure and, and things like that. So, um, you know, there was a lot of women to look up to at the time as well in the sport. So It was fantastic, um, yeah. I feel like I... Yeah, I feel like I got into it at a at a really cool time and got to have a lot of um, exposure to just, like, females that absolutely shred and were good at what they did. Um, so my brother kind of fell off a little bit, um, you know, kind of discovered uh, discovered girls and, and had he had a pretty good crack. That kind of scared him off a little bit. But my sister and I actually kept uh, training. We were riding quite a bit, a couple times during the week, and then usually either doing a, a local race or some sort of national um, or amateur national that we could get our hands on on the weekend. Um, and uh, my sister, she actually ended up going pro. She actually went up to Canada. Uh, she did both the East Coast and the West Coast uh, side for a couple summers in a row. Oh, right on. Um, and I... Yeah, so she she loves it up there. She loves all the, the tracks. She always tells me how amazing it is up there. But I've I've yet to uh, I've yet to ride um, up north yet. But it's on the bucket list for sure. Fair enough. You'll but, have um, to uh, you'll have to get that done at some point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe you can show me the the local spots up there. There you go. 
But uh, As yeah, you were so saying, yeah. from yeah, so she kind of was definitely way more in on the motocross side of things, and I was convinced by a friend of mine to go out and try to do a off road desert race, and I was totally confused by the whole thing but kind of was just trusting her i'm like okay well you know usually she's got like good advice good tips and it hasn't led me wrong yet so let's give this whole desert thing a try but she just kept telling me yeah you just follow the ribbon follow the ribbon i'm like what do you mean just follow these ribbons like i just i didn't get it i was just so like used to you know you do your motocross like you're at the motocross track you know where you're going you know what to expect you do your two motos and uh, and it's a wrap so get up to the desert get on the line and um it was uh, quite the experience i pretty quickly realized that i wasn't uh, fully prepared for it my bike was brand new no protection on it you know full motocross setup everyone else's uh, uh bike looked like it had been through the ringer had all the protection you could you could want had skid plates pipe guards the whole thing um but i actually ended up doing really well and won that race and I was kind of hooked from there and, and on the off-road side of things. So I started getting more into uh, the Big Six Series, which is a little more like Grand Prix-style racing. So you get a little bit of everything. You get some off-road, you get a little bit of moto, some asphalt even thrown in there, uh, sometimes uh, some enduro cross. So I really like that style. Um, and I also really enjoyed just going out there, going and doing the desert races. Like, you know, caught on to the pink ribbon thing. Finally, I finally got my head wrapped around that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, it was just – it was a – it was challenging, but no matter like how challenging it gets, it's like you have to keep pushing, you have to keep going through these obstacles. So um, it was definitely like a satisfying feeling finishing those races. Um, so I ended up working my way up to the women's expert class at the time. Um, Big Six now, I think they offer. I think it's actually called like National Grand Prix Series um, now, but they offer they offer women pro classes uh, now. At the time, it was just an amateur series, so. Um, I kind of worked my way up, got as far up as I could go with that in the women's expert class. Um, but yeah, I had an awesome time. Got I've done like even the Glen Helen Endurance Series, the six, the ten, and the twenty-four hour, which was a blast. It was a little delirious during the twenty-four hour, but nonetheless had a great time. Um, and yeah, so I kind of just got like hooked onto those mentally challenging races and just you know, right when you think that you're never going to see civilization again, it's like you you come across a pit. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where my passion for riding, uh, came from. But, uh, so I kind of was racing, um, and, uh, all through high school. And, uh, when I was graduating high school, uh, uh, like my last, like, year, um, my friend, uh, Kelly, that introduced me to the whole off-road side of things, her, um, her father owns, uh, Three Brothers Racing, which is, a uh, Costa Mesa, uh, okay, dealership yeah. in Costa Mesa. That's huge. And yeah, it's, and they, they are awesome family owned business, um, which they're great people. Um, and, uh, they referred dad, um, offered me a job with them. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, high school's, you know, coming into an end here. So time to, time to buckle down and get to it. So, um, I started working with those guys, uh, kind of my last year of high school. And, um, and up until like when I started going to college and I was still trying to, you know, maintain the racing and the riding and everything as much as possible. But kind of got to a point where, where uh, school kind of took, uh, took over a little bit more. So focused a little bit more on work and school. And I knew that 
if I couldn't make a living from racing, I definitely wanted to be a part of the industry in some way. So um, I went to school uh, and got my uh, degree in communications and kind of started saying yes to a lot of uh, opportunities that presented themselves. And I did an internship with um, Suzuki North America, which was awesome. I did a social media internship with them. Um, and then also with Bonaire uh, Motor Group in uh, Irvine, I did a, a internship with them as well. And they have magazines like Dirt Rider, Dirt, Dirt Rider to their name and, and things like that. So then I just started saying yes to a lot of different opportunities and, and uh, things kind of started falling into place in, in career-wise. It's amazing what starts to happen when you start to just take on more and more responsibility and and jump at those opportunities, and, and that's where uh, you, you've sort of you've you've gone through those positions, take lessons from each one of them, and now you find yourself and in the media relations, media relations, wow, media media relations, wow, I can't talk today, media relations <laughs> with Alpine Stars, uh, and, and yeah. working very closely with uh, with that brand, an aspiring brand. That uh, I think I've told you this over a lot of texts and, and emails. That uh, it's the kind of brand that um, it, you just you want to be able to wear those boots. You want to be able to be a part of that family, and um, and it, it's one of those brands that pulls you in, and it's really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, no, definitely, it definitely is, and I think one of the words that that comes to mind when I think of of Alpine Stars and and working for such a fantastic company is definitely passion you know and everyone for the most part here rides or is involved with either either racing or riding in some form or fashion and everyone here is very passionate and is inspiring to be around people that have that same passion as you and it shows in in the work and and what we do as a brand it comes across i think fair enough so uh, and i totally agree um, how did you come to this opportunity? Uh, sort of, uh, obviously, these types of things don't fall in your lap. A lot of times, uh, it takes talking to the right people, seizing that opportunity when given. And uh, so, how, how did you end up doing that? Yeah, for sure. So, um, when I was finishing up my college degree, um, I needed a couple internships. So, I had, um, I did an internship with Suzuki after a friend of mine that was working there. She was like, Oh, it's like, you need an internship. You should check out our program that we offer. And so I did applied for it and uh, kind of went through that whole process. And, um, I did a six month inter- uh, social media internship with Suzuki. And, uh, and, um, when that was over, I needed to do one more internship. So that's when I landed, um, an internship over with Bonaire, which, uh, both of those was kind of recommended, you know, from a friend or a friend introducing me to a friend just kind of through the connections I had made. And, you know, I think it's like kind of, re- it was reassuring as well because I feel like, you know, a lot of the times you don't know what you want to do when you're growing up and everything kind of developed very like organically for me, I feel like. Like even if I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do career-wise, um, doing these internships and, you know, talking to so many different people and experiencing these different roles in the industry definitely confirmed what the direction I wanted to go with my career. So, um, yeah, so then I ended up over at Bonaire and I was doing an editorial internship with them and uh, I was taking uh, articles that were originally used for print publications uh, or for print. I was repurposing those and putting them on the websites. 
since everything's has obviously kind of switching over to the digital side of things, you know, there's a lot of, of great course. content that was in print that, you know, not a lot of people can experience. So they were kind of finding a new purpose for it. Um, so I got to touch on that a little bit and kind of see how things were, were run over there. Um, but yeah, after those two internships were over, um, I was still working at Three Brothers Racing. And uh, my friend that was working over with Suzuki was like, hey, you know, I'm leaving. I just want to let you know that uh, I put your name in the mix as someone that I think would be great to take over this uh, digital marketing specialist position, especially since you've kind of been hands-on and been working with us for the last six months. And, you know, you kind of know what's what's going on over here. So um, I applied for that position and went through all the whole interview process and uh, I kind of met, there was a little bit of like a management shift. So I'd met some new people that I hadn't met before when I was, when I was over there doing my internship and um, yeah, they ended up bringing me on board. And uh, so I worked for Suzuki for about a year and I saw that Alpine Stars had um, this technical media relations uh, position open and, you know, like you kind of say, it's like Alpine Stars is kind of like, you know, you want to be in their product. You want to yeah. be what they're They're, the Rolls, and, they're and, a Rolls yeah. Royce. They're, they're a Rolex, in my opinion. For sure. And, yeah, no, and it, it, they definitely, like, are something that you kind of just want to be a part of, you know. And you can see that passion come through. And so I, I actually didn't know anyone over here at the time. So I just kind of applied, and uh, they liked what they saw, so... I got um, called in for an interview, and uh, the rest was kind of history from there. Um, did a couple interviews, and uh, they felt I was a good fit, and I was brought on board. Fair enough. So maybe uh, like a side hustle for Ashley Young can be uh, ha- like hosting a workshop on how to uh, go to one of these interviews and lock down a job because uh, anyone <laughs> can go to uh, an interview like that, uh, knock everybody's socks off and walk away with a, a job like the one you have right now. Like I, I don't doubt that it's a ton of work, but I also uh, don't doubt that you don't uh, at least once a week look at some of the things that you get to do and the places you get to go and the brand that you get to work with and kind of just shake your head in, in disbelief uh, of how uh, of how great it really is. There's, there's tons of people listening to this podcast, whether you're uh, Garrett Rockley down in the States or uh, Jonesy over in Australia, uh, just absolutely dreaming about being able to, uh, to, to ride in some of this equipment, much less being able to work with it on a regular basis and uh, be surrounded by some really exciting people. Yeah, totally. And I kind of had one of those moments even just this past weekend at San Diego Supercross. I mean, luckily the uh, the weather was better this year compared to, to last year. But, you know, I was down on the floor and um, we had launched that limited edition, um, uh, the San Diego 20 gear. Yeah. And I was just getting some different different products, shots and everything with um, with uh, Jeff Cardian. And, and I just kind of was like one of those moments that you're standing in the stadium. You know, it's empty at the time, of course. And you're just down there on the floor on the track and you're just like, whoa, like one of those moments where like when you're a kid, like, and you're going to Supercross and, and you're just have that feeling and you're so excited and you're ready to watch racing. It's like, now you're on the other side of it and you're standing on the floor getting these photos of this product. And it just, it was one of those surreal moments for sure. But yeah, I definitely, definitely look back and I've got to touch on some really awesome things and got to go to some really cool places definitely mx nations those races have been a highlight for sure um but yeah no you have 
I definitely uh, like to reflect back on those moments because it, it is surreal. Absolutely. And, and on top of that, working with athletes who they grew up with the product, they likely bought the product before they were ever sponsored by the product. And now they're, they're, they're brand ambassadors and, and doing so at, at the professional level um, and representing the brand. Super cool to be working with a, with a company that uh, like the, a lot of the riders, they like obviously they get paid to wear it, but a lot of them like they're 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 happy that they're able to be in that product and and, uh, and using it on, on a week to week basis. Like uh, I don't think there's too many riders out there that didn't grow up with a pair of at least a pair of Tech Eights on their feet uh, as they're growing up, and uh, and, and maybe most uh, a good number of them are uh, old. Or they're probably old enough to remember that there's a Vector boot that came out in like mid 2000s that eventually became the Tech Ten. Um, and uh, yeah, like those kids have gone through tons of pairs of those, and uh, they're probably pretty stoked to be uh, a associated with the brand uh, long into their professional careers. Yeah, no, you're so right about that. And it's funny because we have like a a uh, 30-year anniversary book. And every now and again, I'll kind of peek through that and just kind of look through it. And, um, you know, it's it's so true, though. It's like at some point, it's almost, it feels as as though almost every rider has been part of this company and helped develop it and create this product into what it is today. And it's pretty cool to see that development and see, you know, whether they started out in amateurs or they're pros. It's like, wow, so many top-level respected athletes have touched on this brand's product in one way or another. And it's just an incredible, incredible company to work for. Absolutely. So um, what are uh, what are the sort of the duties of, uh, of Ashley Young uh, as you go through week-to-week uh, um, day to day, as far as like, obviously you, you do a lot of traveling. Unfortunately, uh, you intentionally skipped St. Louis so that we wouldn't have to hang out together. Uh, but, uh, I'm going to Atlanta, so I will find you. Um, but, uh, what does a week to week look like in the, in a star studded role like yours, like yours? Oh, wow. You really just, you, you sell it. Um, <laughs> no, so it's called theater of the mind. No, I love it. I love it. You're inspiring me. I'm like, I'm going to go back Jeez. to work. Like, we got to wrap this up, you know? No, I'm just kidding. No doubt, but, no doubt. Um, it's 3.30. You got lots of time before but, you head home. <laughs> right? But, um, but no, um, that's kind of one of the cool parts about, um, you know, being in the position I'm in as well. You know, your day-to-day kind of changes, um, and it can be kind of anything. So, for example, uh, like the past couple weeks, there's a photo shoot I was on um, on set for, and just providing gear and making sure our you know product was being worn correctly or presented properly, things like that. So you know, I'll touch on anything from from photo shoots and video shoots, um, and then of course, kind of one of um, my big roles with the company is uh, obviously working with um, different uh, media outlets and editors and influencers, things like that. So. Um, Usually I'm working with, you know, guys like uh, Chris Kiefer, Don Maida, um, you know, Sean Klinger, all those guys, um, kind of on a, on a day-to-day basis, just kind of, you know, letting them know what we've got coming and what they can expect. And also if they have any questions about our products, um, same thing with testing, you know, um, with our helmets as well. We have that um, A-head system, which I don't know if uh, you, you've looked into it all, but Essentially, you can adjust how the helmet fits on your head. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's unreal. Especially, it, I got a small peanut, yeah. so, uh, yeah. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, so it can, it can give you a little bit more custom fit um, and just make sure that has a nice, uh, nice uh, secure finish on, or fit on your head because that's what's going to ultimately protect you the best. So even if it's going out, um, maybe working with an editor or making sure his helmet, you know, is fitting properly or even um, like boots, making sure that, you know, they've got the right boots for what they're doing if they're doing something a little more off-road oriented, need a little bit more grip, get them in something like the Tech 7 Enduro or, you know, just making sure that they're taken care of in, in what they're doing um, and the projects they're working on. So that's definitely a big, um, big big part of what I do but um yeah I mean it it varies just uh just even weekly and um that's even offering support to like our sales team and if they're if they're holding an event um you know that's offering support to them you know making sure that that what they're doing is is um receiving the attention that it needs and you know being available so it kind of varies but yeah um usually when I'm out at the races it um it kind of each week each week it can kind of switch up. So for example, at, um, a one, we had launched our limited edition, um, Anaheim 20, uh, SM eight helmet and tech seven boot. So I was trying to work really closely with, uh, all the different media guys, uh, making sure that they came around, saw the product, kind of gave them a little bit of a rundown and information on it. Um, and then, uh, like for example, you know, skip St. Louis cause I don't want to bump into you there, you know? Of course, but, um, absolutely, and, uh, and and for good reason, right? I would have just talked your ear off, and uh, and you would have got nothing done. Although I will not mention those boys who they hide in behind the truck so that they don't get bothered by the passerbys. <laughs> but the guys who are cleaning the boots and everything else that goes along with it, those guys work overtime, and I can't believe how brilliantly white they get some of those boots like i thought i'd take care of my stuff i'll, I'll show you a picture of my my five-year-old tech eights that still look pretty damn white those guys uh could do some serious overtime on those things they do a fantastic job oh for sure yeah kenny uh kenny day and uh evan uh Valicente, those they are our racing services team and they do a phenomenal job just making sure that the riders are dialed in week in and week out and even going testing with them during the week and yeah so much respect for what they do and like you said they get those things pretty darn white i was um i was actually scrubbing a pair of boots uh myself a few weeks back and they're like no no you got to use this you got to do that and i'm like yeah like i've been scrubbing boots for a while like you know i've like i used to ride it a lot at some point like i I got it and then they're like no like look at this i'm like okay yeah you're right i'm gonna listen to you i guess you do you do do this quite a bit but yeah yeah, they've got all those tricks you know yeah, no, they definitely do, but they're they're awesome, and those are the two responsible for keeping our, our racers out there looking so good. Fair enough. So in in a lot of ways, basically, from, from uh, a media relations standpoint, you're an absolute Swiss Army knife when it comes to uh, making sure that all of the influencers, all, all of the... Uh, uh, the media side of things have the not only the products that they need, but also the knowledge. Because as of someone who works with brands, you know that knowledge is power. And when people know those features and benefits of the product, whether it be the tech, uh, the, the tech eights, and which are my particular favorite, the tech tens, which seem to fit uh, most people, uh, which I see at the track all the time, or the the uh, is it the the A A four? Oh, we have the seven in there. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. we got the A4 chest protector, the yeah, A1. The, yep. Tons of guys wear that, like, they don't even they don't even wear Alpine Star gear, but they wear that chest protector because it does it so amazing. 
Um, but just knowing about all those products and, and knowing all those features and benefits from it are what really allow people to make an informed decision so that they know about you before they need you. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, even with that being said, it's like, it's, that's why I think it's also very important for, to work with everyone and actually have them, you know, put the product on, feel it, test it, go out and ride in it, go out and race in it and see how it functions just because we have put so much time developing products through, you know, our professional athletes that we have on board and we've just taking those feed, taking their feedback and developing um, the products to what it becomes for consumers. And, you know, I think a lot of the times it's like, you know, you can kind of read some, read about something all day long, but until you go out and experience it, that's when it really, you know, comes to light and you can see, see the difference, you know? So, um, that's why I like a lot of the times to, you know, get these actually, get them, go out to the track, get them in our gear and, you know, the product can kind of speak for itself at that point. Absolutely, it can. And the nice thing about the the product is that, uh, not one of the nice things about it, one of the nice things about the product is very uh, tons of features. But the fact is, is that you guys have many lines for many different riders. Um, as a, as a salesperson in the past, for me, it wasn't about selling people things. It was about finding like helping people buy things. And oftentimes I'd have brand new, uh, I've, I've normally uh, worked in the skiing industry. So people come in for a ski boot expecting to have to pay X number of dollars. Well, I want that top of the line boot. I'm like, hold it right there. The, the entry level athlete most often needs the entry level boot because if, if the, the yeah. a, a highest end boot is often too stiff for an entry level athlete to actually get what you're looking for out of. And the, the reason why that there's so much backing and def- extra protection on those higher end boots is because the, the higher end athlete just asks so much more from the product. Uh, so I would much rather go across the wall, find the right boot for the someone, maybe save them the extra $300 or $200, whatever it happens to be, so that they can spend that extra money on going out to the ski hill and doing their thing and, and getting back, uh, getting better. And then eventually, the next year, when they basically, they've, they've gone to the limitations of that product that might be a little bit lower on the product line, they come back to me and they go get that higher end boot and they go and continue with the sport. And I think that's what that the, the product line that you guys have developed is all about. It's almost like stepping people through until uh, they're twisting the bike all kinds of sideways and uh wearing a pair of alpine stars at the time yeah for sure and i'm i think you're totally right about that and you know a lot of times something that's going to be the most protective and safest for you is something that actually fits properly and yes. you're going to be able to use to its fullest potential you know so i think that's where as well we always have our um for i'm sorry a lot of the uh races we bring out our um consumer tent and we have different protection item feet um different protection items featured. Um, we have pretty much as many uh, uh, different boots we can get there as possible. And, you know, it's to find, and it's to help. We aren't selling anything. It's just to help find that boot that's going to fit you best and is going to work for the style of riding you're doing. And I think you kind of, you know, nailed that one where it's like, you know, if you're a beginner, you probably won't use whatever this item to its fullest potential. But, um, you know, we definitely have, you know, boots for you know, to get you there and, and, uh, different products to, you know, definitely yeah, those stepping, stepping stone, stone products the, you, the right direction. You don't have to enter yep. at the, 
the highest price point. Of course, uh, you, you like first of all, first and foremost, I always put most uh, uh, priority on the helmet. You want to have not only a helmet that fits absolutely perfectly, and and, and you guys have uh, implemented the technology to do that. Um, but that's where your your biggest investment is going to go, and then from there on, you sort of prioritize from that. But I feel like uh, you guys having the helmet that you have now uh, is the perfect starting point for. Uh, um, for, for anybody starting out, basically, if you're starting from scratch, you're, you're going to start with that helmet and uh, the, that brand new Alpine Star one looks pretty good, especially in that LE uh, color from this last weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, and that's uh, that's one thing, you know, even working, you know, starting at the dealership level, it's like, you know, a lot of people are always like, oh, like, that's the price of a helmet or this or that. And it's like, hey, like, you know, it's, it's your brain and, and, you know, that's the value that, you know, your your head is worth to you. So, um, but yeah, no, the helmet, um, we have our SM10 and our SM8. Um, our SM10 is going to be a three-layer carbon fiber. Um, and that's the one uh, that you saw this weekend, that San Diego um, right. 20 limited edition. Um so that's what we had out there. But, yeah, it has all the adjustments, has four different uh, uh, foam densities throughout the helmet. Uh, you have the uh, arch chin bar on there to give you a little bit more clearance. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, a lot of our, our, our products are um, well um, above the safety standard as well. So um, if, you know, the FIM or anything changes like that where they increase safety standards, you know, we're already kind of well well above that so uh yeah we definitely try to try to think ahead on a lot of those things Fair enough. Ahead of the game. Now, uh, I ask you this only because I know you've got an extensive knowledge of not only the motocross side, but also the mountain bike side. Like I said, I don't think there's any way I'd be able to hold on to your rear tire on any type of trail. Uh, although I do have to send you a Polaroid that uh, Don made a snapped of me as I was uh, navigating the luge wearing skate shoes, oh, yeah. regular shorts, and a backwards hat. Uh, because I showed up to the A1 ride day uh, like that, uh, not expecting that extensive of a ride. Um, but uh, w- what is the, like, maybe one of the most underrated products from Alpine Star, period? I know you've got, you guys have uh, basically everything at your beck and call, but what is one of the, maybe the, the diamonds in the rough when it comes to Alpine Star stuff? Hmm, that's a, that's a tough one trying to think because it's like like you said we kind of touch on a lot of different things you know we've got mountain biking we got have uh, motocross road racing nascar we have a, a lot of different um a lot of different things under our roof that's a tough question um i should have maybe i should have prepped you on that one, i don't you know, know like, yeah so like like one yeah, that you, you don't like, even realize how often you use it yeah that's a that's a tough one um hmm, i'm trying to think can I, yeah, while you think of really one, can I, can I, one. you, you think of that for a second and I'm just going to just, uh, um, like basically illustrate this for my listeners. You can sort of think about when be one of the things that kind of comes to mind, but I, I couldn't have been more humbled about three weeks ago. I come home from the St. Louis Supercross as a huge box sitting at my front or yeah, my front door. I open it and, uh, not only are some of the coolest styles I'm, I'm wearing, the, the the white baseball tee uh, Alpine Stars hat or the shirt that you uh, you sent to me, as well as uh, the three other shirts uh, that were all fantastic. I feel like the styling, unbelievable. Like fashion is something that you guys have always been on the leading edge of. But 
the, all that aside, the fabric and the materials that you guys use, like the one sweat, the one hoodie that you guys sent me, the all black one where the pocket actually goes all the way down to the bottom of the sweater. Like that is just an idea that I've never seen in any other sweater and I love it. It's fantastic. This particular tee, like it's just so soft. The moment I put it on, I was like, I am going to, I'm going to actually end up having to buy another one of these because I'm going to wear this out. Like I, I like people are at school are going to start to get on me about having uh, me wearing this shirt too often because I absolutely love it. Um, uh, whether it be the, 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 the hats, which of course the, the, um, the, the knitted cap with the pom pom on top. Us Canadians call that a toque. You guys call them a beanie. Uh, that's why we're different. How amazing that is. But, um, yeah, it's it, like you every know single thing I that actually, you got. I actually like to throw around the toque quite a bit. Fair enough. Hey, I'm like. My, my, my sister brought it back from Canada and I'm a big fan of it. Rock the toque. It's that's that's what it's yeah. that's the proper name for it. We're we're going uh, we're going international with that now, um, and uh, yeah, the the black and red one that you sent me, uh, it's actually going to be featured in uh, at, at our school. We have an intercultural mentorship program uh, where I was able to wear the Alpine Star toque in one of the photo shoots. So that will be on uh, on every single um, wall of our school. Uh, awesome. pretty much all of next year, which is pretty cool, actually. That's a, that's a branding opportunity you guys probably didn't think you were going to get. Um, but honestly, yeah, I couldn't all. have been more appreciative to get this stuff. Like, I'm a kid who didn't grow up winning a lot of races, didn't win a lot of championships, and never really felt, uh, Never really had basically get, had the opportunity to get a lot of sponsors that would have been able to to hook me up with stuff and, and to have something like that show up to my house. Uh, I could have only ever dreamed of getting uh, getting a, a special package like that from a company like Alpine Stars, and I can't thank you enough. It, that really made my day, and uh, I'm stoked. To, uh, I'm stoked to support the stuff. Yeah, no, of course. Um, even uh, when you were uh, when we first started talking, and you were writing me. I'm just like, man, this guy is like, he's definitely hard, hardcore uh, Alpine Stars fan. You, uh, you definitely, uh, like I said, talking to you gets me excited to, you know, <laughs> go to work, and I'm all fired up now. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to do it. I'm glad you like the, the casual. And uh, like I said, we've got some tech aids coming your way as well. So, so uh, keep awesome, an eye out. Awesome. Santa's a little late, but you know, Santa's gonna make late, it. but. That's that's totally fine with me. Uh, it, it's uh, uh, there are. Uh, I don't. I'm too sure if you keep tabs on the weather up here, but uh, actually today was not super cold. But I think we're getting some minus thirty later on this week, uh, which to you means cold, very very cold. Um, so we're a little yeah. bit off from uh, from from Roddy. This is that is extremely took weather. Uh, maybe also <laughs> uh, neck warmer weather, but. Uh, um, uh, it, we deal with it. I was born uh, in this stuff, so uh, I'll probably I'll probably be wearing uh, my my Alpine Star toque out on the outdoor ice, uh, taking some slap shots with my hockey stick long before I'm able to uh, to dust off uh, my KTM and do some riding. Um, and and with that being said, um, I understand that you yourself get to twist the throttle every once in a while, um, not as much as you probably would like to. I also, I happen to notice that. Way too many people who work within the motocross industry don't get to ride their motorcycles unless your your name is Don Maeda. Um, what's uh, <laughs> what's that sort of landscape look like for you? How often do you get some throttle therapy? And uh, although it probably isn't uh, nearly enough, uh, how awesome is it when you finally do get to go out there and, and do your thing? You know what? It's funny because like we'll go kind of go uh, through these kind of like sprints almost of of you know. Every weekend we're, we're traveling to a race. So when you get to that free weekend, it's like, 
man, I, I got to go ride. I want to go ride. So um, I actually, uh, Saint, the last time I rode was uh, St. Louis weekend. I got a chance to go out, uh, ride some, uh, ride, uh, go ride some desert with a friend of mine, uh, Lou Forsley, which she's, she put me through the ringer. I had to, you know, let, uh, her and the rest of the group go. They were training for uh, King of the Motos, which just happened. So I, uh, I let them have at it. I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not entering this race. I'm gonna let you go, go have at it. And I'm gonna go find some trouble to get myself into. And, um, you know, it had been a while since I actually rode some more technical, desert terrain because usually i'll just find myself um you know going to the track or something like that staying pretty close uh close to home but went out rode some more technical stuff got myself stuck like back in the old days had to figure out how to get the bike all turned around and out of where i was out of the canyon i was in and i had an awesome time and it was one of those moments where i think like we kind of like all can relate to where you are absolutely not thinking about anything else except just being out there and being in the moment and um, you know, that's one of those, uh, I think feelings that you kind of fall in love with it and make you love the sport more and more. So, um, you know, I got a ride, so it's been probably about a month, but already looking forward to my next trip. Might have to do, I don't know if you've gone to, uh, Kikia Creek out here, but I've been itching to, to go ride that track lately. So hopefully sooner rather than later. Absolutely. I have been fortunate enough to go down to California a number of times, uh, sometimes for eight, eight long weeks, sometimes only for a couple of weeks. Uh, but I, I have gone to Cahia and that's one of my favorite tracks to go to because like many of the tracks in, in, uh, uh, California, very much unlike the tracks locally, like the jumps are just like, the sections, they link together, like you take off and they're so safe. They almost think like the ground seems more like catch you more than you're finding uh, a landing spot. So uh, I hope that you're able to go out and enjoy that and uh, just get in that, uh, like I call it all the time, throttle therapy to just get that uh, that feeling and get those competitive juices flowing. And like uh, it's it's not very difficult for me to get all romantic about motocross it's something that we we grow up with we fantasize about we we look up to these riders and uh and we can't believe how easy they make it uh i remember going back 2014 eli tomac of course alpine star athlete uh completing a lap eight seconds a lap faster than i was going the day prior during uh during Amateur Day at Millville. The only problem with that is that Amateur Day doesn't include Mount St. Helen, which is like almost 15 seconds different, maybe more like eight seconds. So 18 seconds a lap off of Eli Tomac is upsetting for me. Uh, Cause he'd be coming around to get me every four laps, but, uh, um, you work with some pretty cool athletes and, uh, um, yeah, tip to tail. It, it doesn't surprise me at all that it's easy for you to get excited about working. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, and that's what's, uh, that's what's been, um, kind of a cool aspect as well to Alpine Stars. Like I said, it's like we have so many, we touch on so many different things and, uh, within the, the motorsports industry. So even for example, when we have, um, like a, a ride day, like we had our, um, our motocross, uh, ride day, our MX20 ride day over the summer, um, over last summer. And, you know, we have, we've got, Ricky Brayback out there with his, his rally bike jumping, uh, the, jumping, uh, the vet track at Milestone, which, you know, they've unfortunately shut down since then. But, Sad. you know, it's just one of those things that's unbelievable. We've got, you know, him on, him on this giant rally bike right next to Justin Barsha and it's just, is wild. And, you know, we had Annika Beerton, which is one of our, our mountain bike athletes out there as well. Um, we had a couple different, uh, um, 
actors out there. We had uh, Dak Shepard out there, which was which was pretty cool experience. So yeah, I mean, there's always something to be excited excited about. It feels like so that's a that's a pretty uh, awesome experience. No doubt. So uh, that being said, what's on the horizon for Alpine Stars? This is when you basically like go completely off script and just tell us all the the secret things that are going on with Alpine Stars that we're not supposed to know about. Uh, complete description on the 2021 line that I know you have pictures of. Uh, I know you've seen that stuff. Um, but uh, of course, you're, you're probably not going to share that with us. We'll have to wait. When, uh, when is this going to air? <laughs> Um, this will air, uh, this will air tomorrow morning. So it was, it's, uh, I, uh, I get these things yeah. out pretty few quick. Few so. days short. Few days short. Uh, th- that's fine. Few um, days short. Um, we're gonna, we are gonna be launching, uh, some spring, some spring 2021, uh, items this Monday, actually, 9 a.m. So th- we will have some, uh, new and exciting stuff coming out then. Okay. Um, but so yeah, people no, we need have... to be following. Yeah, so we, we've got some, some stuff coming out there. We have a few more Ellie's up our sleeve um, for the rest of the season, which I'm pretty stoked on. Um, and, yeah, the 2020, the 2021 um, gear will uh, come out this summer. So definitely a lot to be uh, excited for and a lot of cool things coming up, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. And, um, yeah, maybe we, uh, when we uh, have um, our 2021 gear coming out, we can – talk some more and maybe even get Absolutely. you out here and get you in some of our stuff definitely i would be all over that i'm already booking my flight as long as i know i can get the date uh, dates from you from that um but absolutely and there um that's one thing that I, I think not nearly enough people do they probably follow at alpine stars but they don't also follow at alpine stars mx and looking yep. at your current followers uh, number on instagram which is Far too low, based on uh, how awesome you are and the, and the the position that you currently carry. Um, people need to go to uh, follow Ash J underscore ninety one. I assume ninety one is likely a birth year or your favorite number. Um, and then uh, yeah, follow along because uh, this po- this girl posts fire photos, like whether it be oh, uh, some wow. artsy, artsy photos here and there, as well as uh, some updates on some of the cool launches that you get to go on. Uh, or every once in a while when, oh, no big deal, just on Racer TV with uh, Wygant and, uh, and and the great, uh, is that, uh, is that Anton? Uh, we got Anton in there, yep. I, oh, was, there uh, I was so nervous for that interview. It was uh, That was my first ever interview. And the crowd at Redbud was just going wild. The lights kept going out. It was, I was terrified. But those two guys definitely made it a little bit easier on me. <laughs> Yeah, those guys like those guys are pros. Like it's uh, it, there's nothing more that uh, puts you at ease more than someone who's completely not worried about how things are going to go. Uh, but uh, yeah, like it, for those who aren't, aren't already following, Ash J underscore twenty one or ninety one. You know, it's funny you mentioned that about the number too. I was thinking about that the other day. It's like you know, it started is that out the with motocross? The, the actually, no, that year, must but... be the motocross number. <laughs> It is. It's, it is okay. my motocross number, but uh, it's my birth year, and it's funny. Like when you're younger, you don't really think about it. You're just like putting 91 on everything, and now you know you start to get older and older, and you're like, well, maybe I should think about dropping that 91, or or maybe throwing another number on there to throw people off. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, Ashley underscore 91. You got it. Fair enough. It's funny and, how that actually you know everyone's I'll give you guys a sneak peek there. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's actually funny how that works because I know buddies of mine who haven't raced motocross 
uh, in a long time and certainly haven't been racing since Instagram came out. Like guys who raced in like the early 2000s, like mid, mid 2000s that I know of that I raced with, that they have their motocross number in their username. And it, it's amazing to see how like people are so attached to certain numbers. Like I have one, my, my one buddy, Nick, he had, he, the last year he raced was 2004. Uh, Instagram came out in 2011 or 2012, if I'm not mistaken. And his, uh, his, like, um, his username is like Nick 76. And I'm like, I'm like, that's pretty interesting that someone would keep that number that they used on some random Manitoba motocross races back in 2004 and, and have that much of an attachment to it. I think that in and of itself is sort of evidence that, uh, this sport grabs hold of you and doesn't let go. Yeah, definitely. It stays, uh, stays in the bloodstream. That's for sure. And you know what? I've had pretty good luck with that number, knock on wood. So it's uh, okay. it's here to stay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm glad with the number. I, I'm also in the nineties. I'm 90, uh, 95. Uh, if I would have gone with my birth year, I would have been 88. I actually do like 88, just the, the optics of that number. It's a, it's a nice, uh, uh, nice palindrome looking number that, uh, it, it's, yeah. I, I wear it for hockey quite often, but 95 is the number. Uh, I have no cool story of how I came across it. Yours has a little bit more attachment, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, at some point, uh, the 95 and the 91 need to line up at Cahia Creek or something like that and finally settle it once or for all. Who's got, uh, <laughs> who's got the chops? No, I, I'm, I'm in for it. And you know what? I think um, I think if I would have rolled up at uh, the luge with you wearing uh, you know the backwards hat and all and everything, I would probably uh, be super intimidated. Like, man, this guy—he knows what he's doing. He doesn't no helmet, just full send. So yeah, no, I'm sure like people were probably like that guy is an absolute professional or a complete noob. <laughs> like, there's and there's no middle ground there. Like, and uh, and and no, and, one or the other. Yeah, exactly. And and based on how hot my rear my front and rear brakes were when I got to the bottom of that thing, I can tell you that I was more uh on the uh novice level than expert, but uh, I didn't stop and I didn't ha- I didn't get passed by anybody. So I was pretty pumped on that and I did have, I have a pretty solid picture from uh from Swap uh to uh to for for evidence, but uh Ashley, this has been a fantastic interview. You are so much fun to talk to. Uh I hope that you'll make some time for me again sometime. Yeah, no, definitely. I always uh, get a little nervous at the start, but, you know, you get, like you said, professionals make it easy, so you definitely made it easy on me, and I would love to come back on. Absolutely. No, you 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 have a uh, an uh, open invite to become a repeat offender here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. I can't thank you enough uh, for making time for us. Um, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to touch on on the in the world of Alpine Stars or the the, the or your world that uh, you need people to get updated on before uh, I hang up on you so you can go back to work? No, you know what? I think you touched on on, on pretty much everything there, but. Um... Yeah, no, just uh, I'm happy to see that the impact that Alpine Stars makes on on, on the people that, you know, use our products and and how excited they are about the brand. And, um, you know, I think it's important for for everyone to know that, you know, for us, the passion is there as well. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's a big deal to us. And, um, you know, we look forward to going to work every day and and making making everything as good as possible for, for the people that use our stuff. So. We're definitely big fans as well. 
There you go. Passion runs deep with Alpine Stone and Ashley Young. Uh, Ashley, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. I can't wait for us to do this again uh, after we uh, recap our weekend of uh, of hanging out and and me and pestering you in uh, in Atlanta. This this is uh, um, this is the the just the beginning. I think we're gonna have you come on and maybe do some product knowledge stuff, inform some people. But uh, that's for a later date. But this was great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd really look forward to it, and I look forward to uh, to Atlanta too. And uh, finally, you know, getting uh, getting to meet you in person. Absolutely, no. We're making. We've already got tentative plans to do something on Friday before the race. But uh, you have yourself a fantastic rest of your day and week leading into uh, this amazing weekend that we're looking forward to. Uh, do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Awesome.